Hello, no. hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of our super prepared, prepared, researched, absolutely lots and loaded Shop. podcast. Imagine a movie podcast, a podcast where two idiots in their 30s talk about shit movies from their childhood. Ooh, ooh, I've thrown the grenade, shit, back away, back away. Terrible. How dare you? How dare you say that about my beloved movie? Uh, yeah, my name's, my name's Sam, and... Oh. Anyway, uh, hi, my name's Sam. Men in Black Berlin. I can't wait to get into... Oh, oh cool. Well, my name's Sam. Welcome to Men in Black, a classic 90s action comedy romp. Brilliant. Hey, my name's Sam. Welcome welcome to this podcast where we talk about... Oh, here comes the Men in Black. Oh, what a great song that was. <laughs> hey, my name's Sam. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, do you know what we're doing? Perfect, doing the bad boys bit, maybe like in a. Oh no, again, that's a different again. movie, Dave. I know that's that's the joke. And I, one of my favourite things about this movie is the memory. I, I really want the memory wipe thing. Like I just, I just feel that's going to be a useful. You know, hey, hey, Men in Black. I've never seen. I've seen that movie before, but I want to experience it again. <laughs> Fantastic, you know, like oh. Here's someone. Here's someone that I supposedly met. Then I, that I'll just. Oh, and I've got. To talk. Oh, I have no idea who you are. Fantastic! Like, come on, sign me up. I feel like you'd abuse it pretty quickly. I don't Instantly. think you passed the wife test either. Um. <laughs> well, well, that's a different set of accusations, Dave. That I don't appreciate, but probably support. Well, no, no, I mean, you know, I mean your wife wouldn't approve, Sam. That's that's the hey, wife test, Dave. How the hell is she going to know? Straight away. That's it. What are you talking about, Nebulizer? That's that's a troubling domestic relationship you're proposing. <laughs> we could make a film about that. Oh, oh, is that is that okay? No, no, it's, it's okay. not okay. It's okay, and you're last one. electronically roofing your wife every time she disagrees with you? Oh, oh, oh. It's okay, Dave. It's okay. And for the last time, the audience and yourself... It's all gone. Hi, Hi my name's Sam. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast. My name's David. Again, sorry, Hi, welcome to this episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast. My name's David. This is a great bet. Do, <laughs> do you think I can shoehorn this into non-Men in Black episodes? I just feel certainly like it's like, just got legs. Certainly, like, let's make this a re- recurring bit, but don't warn me, right? <laughs> it's yes, really important okay. that, that we just react organically to that, because obviously you've just wiped my memory. Hi, my name's David. Welcome Last to the episode promise. of the Imaginary Movie Podcast. Let's talk about this 1997 absolute uh, classic of a science fiction comedy action movie. Will Smith, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Linda Fiorentino. I mean, Rip Torn. God damn, what's he doing in this? Shouting at stuff. And and Vincent de Onofrio, who Onofrio. is... Thank you. Who? Did you really have you really never heard that name said? Before? No, I just I'm reading it fast. Who plays I think one of the greatest characters in like modern cinema. I fucking love this performance. Christ, I love man. these prosthetics. This movie I am so I'm so here for. It's a fun movie. You, however, uh, are a piece of shit, so tell me why you don't like this film. I do like this film. I liked this film when I was a kid. Um, I couldn't tell you when I first saw it, but I liked this film as a kid. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's silly. It's it's kind of like that sort of gross sci-fi, which I think we sort of get mm. in the nineties, and that gross action as well. Kind of like you know, quite it's quite slimy, quite 
you know, I mean, this is peak kids getting slimed up, adults getting slimed on kids TV and all of that. So it kind of plays into all of that. Get uh, your own back. CG in this movie, early CG. So it's quite, you know, I wouldn't quite say revolutionary, but I think it's quite it's reaching in terms of like the genre. Um, Will Smith is a was a treasure, and now he's beating people up at award ceremonies. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Do you, you remember know, that? Kind of... Do you remember that? That was like yes, because it was like a year ago, Sam. Yeah, but it just—it feels like it feels like a different era. It feels like a we were like we're post Twitter now. Twitter's dead, and that just feels like the peak. That was the zenith of holy shit. It's what Twitter. Will Smith has done what? Like yeah. God. Um, anyway, it's I do like this movie. I liked it then. I liked it now. I think that it is. Generously, this is a really great example of a really trash genre. Like, does that make sense? Like, this is yeah. kind of like the top of a pretty bad bunch of movies. Not bad, but like, you look at even Will Smith's early movies. I think that <laughs> Bad Boys is a troubling, troubling movie. So that's also also on the list. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Independence yeah, yeah. Day, I think, is better than this in terms of like a movie. I think this is this is great diverting fun. But I think that it maybe lacks some of the substance that make a movie, or you know, some of the emotional beats that make a movie really pop over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to give you a slightly more zany movie, but I think that's within the same realm of um, science fiction. Anyway, Mars Attacks from 1996. Have you ever seen that? Seen. Oh, no. we should do that for the podcast if it's stream because I think there is like a vibe, isn't there, in this mid to late 90s kind of you know i'm not going to say the words that you know i'm going to say but i'm going to say them anyway it's like a pre 911 let's let's explore all the ways that we could get fucked bing, over bing, 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 bing. sam Boom. mentioned 911 here we go but i think it, i think it does it does hit on the independence day vibe as well of like it's america in the 90s we have nothing to fear and so we're going to invent new we're going to invent things from space to fear and it's like if you if you look at the movies that come after you know into the 2000s it's very much about real things that are going to hurt us and aliens are gone until maybe marvel movies come back a little bit but still we're, we're not getting into like the same level of um uh weirdness that i think yeah, comes through in this movie extra ter- extra terrestrial sort of like thing was very hot in this era, you've got things like the X Files on TV, uh, obviously popularizing mm-hmm. this. And from what I've read as well, just to bore the living shit out of the audience and you for a second, um, this was a comic book. We're not comic book guys, so we're going to acknowledge that and then fucking move on. Uh, but from what I understand, the comic book is very much in line of the Men in Black are kind of like Mulder and Scully, like that, yeah, they're a, bit, a bit more shadowy. And, and but they have, they go around, and every week it's like a paranormal thing. Whereas obviously this movie is like it's aliens, that's fine. Also, the fucking worst part of the X Files is when they're talking about aliens. But you know, it's the same sort of thing. Um, mm. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see that take of like, and we see this all the time, don't we? So let's make a movie about a popular a popular thing now, which is this is the era of uh, this is reasonably early, but like comic book movies are starting to become a thing. You know, we'd get uh, speaking of nine eleven, we'd get uh, that Spider Man movie in two thousand and one, um, or two thousand and two. Uh, you got a Spider-Man two. movie, two, um, and and various other things, and the X-Men movies and stuff like that that become, and obviously we've had Batman movies in the nineties as well. Anyway, you get comic book movies starting to be made, and then you've also got, let's just plug in 
a a a big star, a name, Tommy Lee Jones. People are going to come out to the cinema to watch a Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Jones in a movie. He's a guy, right? Yeah. And then yeah. let's get the biggest TV star of the time. And this has happened. I mean, I didn't do my homework and look up for other examples, but you know, um, oh, I tell you what, um, Malcolm in the Middle guy, uh, Frankie Muniz, he was in loads of movies immediately after his enormous TV success, and it's just again. Wah, wah. Yeah, well, that yeah. all went great for him, didn't it? Mm. <laughs> I don't know, made loads of money, Sam. Mm-hmm. Hard to be that upset. So, uh, but what I'm saying is, that you then plug in one of the biggest stars from TV, and then suddenly everyone's going to see this movie because it's about a hot topic starring a hot guy and also um, yeah, another guy. Um, so Will Smith. Let's talk about Will Smith then. Because he is in 1995, we have Bad Boys, which is his probably first like main starring role. Um, the, or uh, at least Bad the, Boys and Independence Day are very close together. I think it's like a two. Well, Independence Day comes a year after in '96. Then we get Men in Black. Then we get Enemy of the State. Previous episode, maybe I don't know. No. Um, well, we should watch. That's a great movie. Uh, and then we get Wild Wild West. Oh, no. Which he did you know instead what? of The Matrix. You know what? So, yeah. I will go to bat for The Wild Wild West. Not as a good movie, but like as a... as a. You know how you love this movie? And I think this is a better movie actually than The Wild Wild West on most every measurable you think, level. You think. <laughs> but The Wild Wild West is a fantastic pull for... That is this movie. That is this movie. Yes. And, and, and do you know what? It kind of works for me. It's... It's silly. It's like everything's pumped to eleven, but yeah, it's much more like it's Will Smith, the movie star, and then he goes on to have this like amazing. Before we move on, Wild Wild West, so of course, same director Barry Sonnenfeld also directed that as as did Men in Black. So clearly, there's a there's a vibe going on, wasn't there? And Will Smith, they're, they're trying to recapture the magic, which I think we see in this movie, which is why it's a better film than, well. Wild Wild West, which is just fucking crazy. Well, well crazy I any, movie. I think any movie where you have characters who literally fought in the American Civil War, I think there's going to be problematic <laughs> stuff, and it's it's going to be tough. Even um, John Carter, which we which we watched for the podcast a few a few months ago, like even that movie, which predominantly takes place on Mars, kind of struggles to get past the Civil War veteran of it all. Um, yeah. I think it's a tough. Is he ask. wearing a grey uniform? Is he wearing? Oh dear! It's dark in there, but that that grey uniform. Oh, that grey. That's yeah. a grey uniform, and that's isn't it? The trouble, and the, the same thing with the Wild Wild West. Even when the Confederate soldiers are the baddies, like it's still, it's a lot. Okay, it's a lot to jump through. Like yes, evil bug alien that wants to destroy the universe, fine. But people who actively fought to continue slavery. Yeah. Ooh, anyway, no. But you so, Will Smith goes on and yeah. he has this his nineties career is kind of like a, a it could be, it could have been. How many people have we seen who've had this flash in the pan, like huge T V star, couple of movies, <laughs> Frankie Muniz, great example, like and then they go away because they're not very good. And actually I think Will Smith, aside from beating up Chris Rock at uh, the Oscars, like I think Will Smith has had some really fantastic performances and has matured and I think this is the reason for his success is his char- charisma and his like acting chops, which become more and more apparent as we watch more and more of his films. I mean, we've not done loads of Will Smith movies for the podcast. We did um, that 
depressing um, hospital. The pursuit of happiness. Yes, the, the one about capitalism. Um, yeah. That was depressing, but it was a good dramatic performance from Smith. I think. I think we. Yeah. I think see, we touched on that. You in the see, we, you know, when when you go through his thing, his filmography, though, you do start to really see the cracks. I think he's got quite a lot of good, of really really good movies. But sometimes you're like, why did you do Hitch? Why? What? What? what Money. So, yeah, and you know, and it's like obviously that was probably a relatively yeah that was hugely successful. So. But then, you know, it comes back to, okay, cool. I mean, all right, Hitch, but I Am Legend, pretty good. Like, that's a fun movie, isn't it? You know, all the way through to the the kind of later stuff. And so I just think, yeah, he is good. And you can't argue with the charisma, can you? And that's what I think he brings. That's what made him a star. And um, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which we've also done for the podcast. Yes. Um, I think he's like, and again, I know we do, it's a movie podcast, but just to talk about Will Smith and TV in general for a minute. There's something about shitty TV, like sets and drama, you know, the Fresh Prince sets of Sets that wobble when of, they close doors. Exactly, you know, but it has some of the most, like, some of the most emotionally, like, um, powerful, like, scenes. Like the, you know, the bit where um, Carlton gets a gun or wants to get a gun and it's like, that's just incredibly emotional powerful and when he you know the bit the bit obviously the daddy issue thing but like the bits when he's like why doesn't my dad want me and and again and that sort of shows you the range of will smith in the early part of his career when in actual fact that's a silly show where will smith plays himself more or less and it's like oh will smith the rapper now he's in a tv show and it's like and if you can imagine going from there to um, he did. He won an Oscar at that um, Oscar award last year for King Richard. It, no, for Emancipation, I think it was, um, which is a bit of a shame. But no one's seen that movie because it was just all completely overshadowed. Let's um, let's talk about the co-star Tommy Lee Jones because he's Quick an quiz. interesting. Is Tommy Lee Jones still alive? You, this this is unbelievable. He is only seventy-seven years old. <laughs> Do you know, there's now, really I could have said, I could have swore he was at least, at least fifty-eight, probably like sixty-two in this movie. He looks so old, and he's only seventy-seven. So I can't do the maths that quickly live on air. But I tell you what, he, I, I think he carries it all the way through his entire career. Um, probably the films like he's a he's a big supporting actor, isn't he? There's not many, you know, starring. Um, uh, no, he's kind of a guy though. Like he's a he's a guy. But the fugitive. Um, I mean, but there's something to be said for Tommy Lee Jones. There's something to be said. Gene Hackman had this as well, of like if you look 55 in your 30s, that's usually a sign that you're going to look 55 for like the next 45 years. Yeah, and that's and, job security. <laughs> yes, yeah, job and security. You just play for, the same characters. He was for that about, same I think role. He was around around 50, 50 or 51 uh, when Men in Black came out. Um, sorry for the delayed maths, folks. I was trying to remember Gene Hackman's name. That's a bit of uh, inside podcasting. No, for don't you. don't worry about that. So we've uh, he's yeah under siege um, is another one that I think he's again that classic Men in Black, um, the Fugitive. I love him in the Fugitive, playing against Harrison Ford. And as you go through his career, he's still you know he's still working now, and obviously he's only seventy seven, despite our our shock of that. But he does get top billing in this movie as well. 
which is, I think, probably sometimes you I think have to remember that this is like it's a reflection of the fact that Tommy Lee Jones is a, he's a oh hey that he's a that's guy it's a, hey that hey it's that guy in movies um, and like you said he's like and it's kind of one of the weird things with actors where the best supporting actors are kind of the worst leading men do you know what I mean because I think that if this was a Tommy Lee Jones movie and it isn't we can get into that I think it's a worse movie you know what I mean like I think Tommy Lee Jones is one of the best supporting actors in the business and like absolutely should and cannot and should not carry a movie <laughs> yeah 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 so but he was a big he was a big name because he was a movie actor whereas will smith at this time is still kind of like got that the, the kid from t- the rapper the kid from that stilly tv show yeah he's breaking through his knees breaking through and really cementing his performance Let's dip, let's get into the maybe some of the plot then and like I think this is such a tight script. It's so like we we get the the classic the thing at the start is the same thing that happens at the end. You know, we're like we've got um we've got uh K and as as uh Tommy Lee Jones and Agent D like this super old dude who's you know he's obviously over oh guess when he died hill. guess when, richard hamilton guess when he died this movie was made in 1997 at which point he was 77 years old so he's a, he's the same age that jones is now so i'm gonna guess he died in 2002 2004 you're good at this game you always get oh, pretty close yes like it's a yes. weird sort of like superpower is Sam's pretty good at about guessing when old ass actors died. People died. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I like that game. We should we should play that with a buzzer and uh, maybe some <laughs> so disrespectful, but this guy died 15 <laughs> years ago. It's fine and he was in his 80s. It's okay. It's fine. No one's really upset. And no one's going to be listening to this when when you know when we just generally through. just generally. It's just generally, yeah. And if you are, well done. Um you distracted. We were talking about how tight the plot was. Um, yes, it is, and I, and I think and I think all the way through the movie, we basically there's not like loads that happens. It's it's a fairly kind of classic story of you got the old guy who's who's looking for his next protege, his next agent that he's going to train up, and and I think we just get kind of just a bunch of set piece sequences that really just flow into in, into themselves. But I think it works so well. Like I really just think there is no downtime in this movie, and to evidence that, it's ninety-eight minutes long. And fucking hell! Like even if you say let's let's say let's say generously, let's, let's say it's only four minutes of credits, we're still basically a ninety-minute movie that manages to bring all of this great stuff, all of the acting, all the performances, all of the effects, all of the prosthetics together in a fucking tight fun ass movie and i just think like they don't make they don't make action movies like this anymore that are top tier box level every single action movie is nine hours long and you have to have seen 12 others to understand what the fuck's going on you know it so does feel like we are really past when a 90 minute movie is kind of like even permissible a summer blockbuster we're watching minutes like long. 15 hours of martin scorsese wanking in front of the camera like <laughs> Art. Multiple you know what I mean? like, angles. 
Not from but below. That, that's kind of where we know. are. We're auto, auto directors. We've got Ridley Scott's Napoleon coming out actually to, to, to date us um, very shortly. And absolutely, I'm going to see it because I'm a fucking loser. But also, <laughs> it's going to be four hours long and probably boring for quite a lot of it. If you know what I mean? It's Oppenheimer and. Um, oh God! The Irishman's the big one we refer to as like, a, get the fuck out of here, Martin Scorsese, you old fucking white prick. Uh, yeah. Like, you don't. Yeah. Um, it's done. But there's something refreshing about a ninety-minute, ninety-minute movie that we got much more in the eighties and the nineties. Of like, this I think would be what I would call now like a summer blockbuster. Uh, I think it came out. In the it's summer. peak summer blockbuster. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's July that everyone's going to go and see it at the cinema because it's like. This is going to have wide appeal. Like families are going to go and see this. Teenagers are going to go and see this. Like men in their twenties are going to go and see this. You know, Seinfeld and his gang are going to go and see this. I presume because they're always at the cinema. Jerry, you know, like, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> the galaxy's on Orion's belt. Jerry, <laughs> we do need to improve our George impressions, but that's an that's an aside. I think the energy is wrong. I think there's there's a lot of angry. energy. In Jason's yeah. performance, I don't know how. Again, we, we we can workshop that. We can come back to it. Um, so then we get like the James Edwards. What is it, James? James Daryl Edwards the uh, third. <laughs> Do you know what? If Jay. if challenged at gunpoint, I could not have told you this guy's name, even after watching this film. Th- this movie is, um, despite the many nebulizer things uh, is still implanted in my brain so it, it is still there but him running around the guggenheim museum and like and it's that little it's these little hints obviously we know there's aliens but i love the sequencing of this because you're like what the fuck's going on this guy's you know jumping around he's super fast the guy that he's chasing and there's like a weird there's just like a what is this and then and then the 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 reveal of the eyelids going that way and then just i remember being remember being quite shocked with this as a kid where he falls backwards off the guggenheim and there's this horrible like piercing scream and he just it it, it, it explodes when he lands like like this is quite a scary movie as well. This has got some like dark shit, you know, which There's is some horror stuff that's going on. Certainly, like yes. uh, we mentioned off the top, that it's quite like a it's quite a slimy, greasy, like disgusting movie. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a eyeball soup kind of movie <laughs> to reference another previous episode, Temple of Doom. Um, but <laughs> it's it's unnerving in that horror movie way. And we t- we talked about um, D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio as the baddie. As like one of the better baddies because he's not physically intimidating. He's just creepy, but like creepy in a way that they pull off very effectively in this movie. Um, and the aliens again, like they're pretty disgusting to look at. And oh. it's not just it's not Star Trek aliens where someone's got like you know uh, nose ridges is the, <laughs> the big Star Trek thing. Um, these are like just fucking slime blobs and nonsense and. Like tentacle creatures, like you know, when Will Smith's getting thrown around, or that baby, that alien's giving birth. Oh god, like, I love that so fuck? much. I love that so much. And all of and all of the all the, the slime the, the slime guy in this movie is just working overtime. They have so much slime; it's everywhere. It's of different viscosities, 
and they are just bathing in it. <laughs> and I just think it's Everyone's a great example. Slimed. And the finale as well, especially like everyone's covered in slime. It's a real thing that they're going for in this movie. And it makes it silly. It makes it silly because obviously if this was like blood and gore, like maybe 10 years later, you might have gotten like a, a really dark and grim and shit version of this movie with like, you know, beheadings and all of that. But mm-hmm. this just, it makes it silly, but also kind of like disgusting and it doesn't detract from the stakes. It just kind of makes it like you could watch this with a 10 year old and it's fine. Like it's okay. You know, It's not a horror movie, is it? It's still got that lightness to it, but it, but it, it does that thing, which great movies do is that they, they edge right up to the line and then they pull it back, you know, by not dwelling too long or not giving us the, the kill shot. You know, they kind of have that really, that, just enough restraint which i think is is excellent let's talk about um the the bug uh and d'onofrio and i firstly i love i love the 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 like the introduction of this character where we've got this we've got this static shot of the house um where these two absolute loser hicks live (laughs) And then you just see in the top corner of the fr- of the frame, it's just it's just what is that? And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they just absolutely destroy this truck, like this huge fire. <laughs> what the hell happened to my truck? Like he he runs out, and then we get the horrible pull in. And and I think and I've I've said it already, like I think D'Onofrio is pulling off something physically and with his acting ability here that. I just don't think we see stuff like this. Like, this is just such a great performance. It's a commitment to a physical performance. I was reading, and it's the trivia on IMDb. It's not, like, super reliable. But I was reading that, essentially, he's, like, wearing knee braces, so he can't really bend his legs. Yeah. Um, And you can tell, and and they sort of tape his face with, like, silk tape, so it's, like, pulled back at odd angles. And they said that he's got quite good flabby, like he had a good, quite a bit of flabby skin. His his skin was quite stretchy, so they were, they, and he was like, "Yeah, go for it, it's fine." So they, yeah, they would like pull his face around, and and he could it, control it as he well. Looks he had like like somebody is wearing his skin, and I think it's a great practical effect. It's like amazing. It's good makeup effects, and these days it would all be done in fucking post in CG, and it would look like fucking shit. Mm. Um, so it's kind of nice to see like in a movie that's got quite a lot of CG, but also quite a lot of practical puppets and things, because CG is in, in its infancy. Um, they spent $450,000 on the CG bug for the last fight. So that's why they had to, they used practical effects. Because uh, I think, CG I think is... $4.5 dollars is, is that the right? figure. Uh, yeah. The, the f- oh, no, we can co- right. l- l- let's come to that at the end. Let's come to the end. Because... Well, what my point was, was that obviously... CGI's in its infancy, there's a reason they didn't use loads and loads of CGI, but it forces them to rely on like traditional filmmaking yeah. and use, use of miniatures and puppets and like practical effects, which age really, really well. A CGI yeah. movie from nineteen ninety from the late nineties looks like shit today, whereas this mostly and looks there's some good, good. Uh, and there's some good transition. There's a good kind of it's a good story of the transition, isn't it? Which again we can come to maybe at the end. But D'Onofrio, his performance, I think, runs throughout the, throughout the movie, and especially when I mean, he is in the whole the, movie, yeah. Yes, thank you, Dave. But what I'm saying is that he his that threat is the anchor, isn't it, that goes throughout the film, like just silly things where he walks in and says, "Water, 
sugar, more, more, and then just sits and and just the water's dripping down and and he's it's like the whole thing is pitch perfect and it's also really really funny and I think if if they had made this as a super serious like summer blockbuster action no comedy I think this character would be out of place but they're also playing it's, it for laughs like when his wife it's collapses the little and, things they do it's the dungarees that the character's wear the that Tanaka is wearing like again he doesn't get changed in the whole movie uh, it's the van. He's the pest van, pest control van. He's driving around like the big. Oh, the guy though with the the pest control down his throat. Oh, that's yeah, horrible. It's pretty grim. But like you said, there, there is there is humour here, um, and and we get it throughout the movie. He's like sucking people dry, like the, you know, skin sacks, empty skin sacks, and the guy who folds over in in yeah. in the, in the rest in the cafe. I mean, shit. Like, he doesn't is... kill David Cross though, which I feel like's a mistake. It's a very annoying David Cross in this movie, and he doesn't murder him. Yes, yes. There, we, I think David Cross probably does does um, deserve to die. He's like the morgue attendant, isn't he? Yeah, the, that's the right, yeah. receptionist. Yeah, the morgue. That's right. Yeah, early David and Cross. They also just while we're on this, we're all over. The, that's fine. We're not doing this chronologically. <laughs> um, I'm. I was really surprised there wasn't like a really overt. You having sex with these corpses? Joke in that scene. I think it reflects the fact that they're trying to go for that family audience. Because nowadays, yes. that's the joke, isn't it? The joke is, you slip me a hundred bucks, you do whatever you want. I just don't want to hear about it. Clean up after yourself. Like, there's a way of making that joke that's for all the dads, all those dads who are into necrophilia jokes. <laughs> like, there is a thing. It's all over the fucking TV. Um, and yeah. they don't make that joke. And it's hard to know whether that's because, like, that sort of thing isn't really, like, mainstream enough in terms of the humour to mm-hmm. be funny in 1997. Or maybe it's not mainstream enough for... So- is it Sonnenfeld to, like, want to put it in his movie? Yeah, maybe just not quite the tone that they're at. Because it is, it's... I mean, like, it's coming out in July, so it's relying on kids. And it was probably a 12... I would twelve A guess twelve A maybe if that was a, if that thirteen was a, I think they call it in America yeah I I you know it's not we're not pushing up a fifteen nowhere near but it's certainly gruesome enough and some of the things things we've already referenced in terms of like the skin and the, the guy being folded over is the worst one that always freaked me out as a kid the way he's just neatly tucked into the shelf you know like I, uh, my son's seen this and that was there was a few scenes where I was like blah, 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 blah. just gonna fast forward that bit. Because I just like he's, this is a good film. It's and it's really fun and cool, but also blah, 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 I'm just gonna skip it. Just with that on Netflix. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, things that I don't think are as good though, or just like the whole plot basically of stupid the the battle between the whatever the aliens are and the having a meeting and the cat and the. Into galactic politics, blah, blah, blah. it may as well be. It may as well be the suitcase from from Pulp Fiction, like yeah, a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's it's a MacGuffin, and it's but it, but they kind of dwell too much on it. What's the galaxy for? Like, what is it? I get it's a MacGuffin. There's going to be a war. They're going to destroy the planet to th- stop this thing. But like, maybe give me a line. It's a genetic blueprint of this blah 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 right just give me a reason that we need to not let the bug have it 
um, apparently in the um, again another yeah. boring piece of trivia. Apparently this was this was lost in the edit and it was meant to be a bit more convoluted. But this they simplified it and made it not make a lot of sense. Largely, I think because the initial idea was like a it's a thing that's going to stop this war between these things and the bugs don't want to stop the war. And then you kind whole... of into like the Galactic Trade Federation sort of space and it's like well maybe it's not too bad a decision to take the trade routes out of this movie do do you see what i mean i think that sometimes the galactic politics which are happening off screen kind of maybe need to just not also like derail the movie you didn't show us the senate scenes oh no boo we want to see the senate we want to see legislation sexy uh, I but don't. It's hard, it's hard to. It's hard to say that that's like the wrong, the wrong decision to make. Because there's like, the, I think there's the Arquillian. The, that's the warship, isn't it? The Arquillian. I get it. Good fucking care. But this, the Arquillians, and to save us getting emails about this, there's the. <laughs> Who's emailing us about pronunciation of the Men in Black characters? You, you, you. You mispronounced be. Vincent D'Onofrio earlier, Sam. I think that ship has sailed. Um. Yes, probably. And I think it's something to do that anyway, there's another there's another race that's been removed from this movie that they were at war with and blah blah blah. It was a truce. It's, the bug interrupts like the tr- the handover, the truce handover. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think actually that probably works better than in the movie, doesn't it? Because if he gets the galaxy and it doesn't matter what it is and in the end we get a cool little reveal about what it is, then all shit's gonna well, go. It down. works because it's not the Da Vinci code. It, the movie isn't solving <laughs> the mystery. Yes. The movie yes. is like which it's a chase. This is, movie is a protracted chase scene, um, in a good and way. And everyone's got clear the, motivation, and it's a body cop movie, which I think works really, really well. I think Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith have have a great back and forth. I think yeah. Will Smith is kind of like still this early Will Smith, where he's quite cool. Like I think in some later movies, maybe he's a lot less like, um, especially like this later Men in Black movies, he's a lot more self assured and a lot more like. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to start a whole race thing. He's a lot more white in a lot of his later movies. Um, culturally, I think there's a certain argument to be made that, that Will Smith, early Will Smith, is more reflective of his up, of his origins and his upbringing and the you know African American mm. rap culture that he grew up in, um, yeah. and that is still present in the early parts of this movie. He's using terms that white guys aren't going to use in movies in, the, in 1997 and speaking in a certain way and dressing in a certain way, which obviously we're kind of abandoned in pursuit of because it's the men in black and all of that. But it's kind of nice to see this early Will Smith. Yeah, he's doing he's doing really well, isn't he? He's he's fun, he's engaging, he's like... And also, I think, because he's the audience's analogue, when we get introduced to the whole world, this is the other part of this movie that I I loved as a kid because I was... Not like into aliens necessarily, but there's there's a certain thing of like secret conspiracies and cabals, and the government knows everything. And like how that when they're saying, "Oh yeah, the world we isn't as boring as you think it is." Yeah, we were there. We were there at what you know Roswell, and there's a there's a DH picture, you know, by like half a half a wrinkle on his head that you can tell the difference <laughs> of Tommy Lee Jones greeting them, and then. El- yeah, Elvis is fine. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing well. Like he's, li- yeah. and and all of all of the little, all of the little like, um, alien conspiracy things that they just drop into this movie. That's really light. It's not overdone. Like the World Fair buildings being 
um, alien spaceship, stuff like that. Like, just more, just more of it, please. You know, it's like quite an assured way of putting you down in a world where aliens exist, and and you're just there, you're in it. The my, my a really favourite scene for me is uh, the, t- the Tony Shalhoub scene. Um, they fucking go, they go back to this well in the sequels. Um, I think I've only actually seen the second one, but they definitely Tony Shalhoub is in that, and they shoot his head off again. Yeah, um, yeah, he's good, he's good. But like. That scene in this movie where, and again, it's Tommy Lee Jones is, I think, perfect for this role because he's playing it so straight. Like, it's so straight. Tommy Lee, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in a movie where uh, he's the hard-nosed cop and the fact that they're aliens and things is irrelevant. He's just, like, playing that role. And he says, I'll shoot you in the head if you don't tell me what I want to know. And he shoots him. And nobody is more shaking than Will Smith, who immediately draws his gun and says, put that down, put that down. You're under arrest. You just murdered yeah. someone in front of my face. And yeah. it's just really, it's played really, really well in the universe. We don't get loads of explanations. It's not like Tony Shalhoub is a... And he can grow back his head. It just, we see it. We see it happen. We move on. Like uh, Tommy Lee Jones says, fucking get out of town, mate. You know, this is this. I'm the sheriff of this town. There's an old west sort of vibe to the way that Tommy Lee Jones acts in this movie, um, and it just plays really well. Like the whole thing just plays really, really solidly. Yeah, and we we get to see that <clears throat> in the like Men in Black base as well. Some other details that I love is when he when they, he first walks in, and there's this fan, <laughs> and this guy just sat there reading a newspaper, like. Nothing. I just think like what lovely, what lovely crafting, you know, like what what a lovely set design, and they just choose to just have this one guy there, who and then they go in the lift and it reveals. But we get to see this is array of aliens, you know, like some of them are just horrible. Don't don't go near him. He's hot. He, he, yeah, be careful. And like they're all pally and like, hey, how you doing, buddy? You know, like still still alienating, great stuff. Like all of, all of this. And then we get to see on the screen, and there's like politicians that are aliens, and there's yeah, but my fifth grade teacher, I knew she, there was something wrong with her, you know, stuff like that. Like it's really just, it's just peppered throughout, of of just again really tight, clever writing, throwaway jokes that are there to give you that kind of world building yeah, almost. It's funny, know? and and we get just enough of the Men in Black building and the Men in Black sort of thing as well. It's not like we don't see the whole training montage with Will Smith. It's just he puts a suit on and now he's a man in black. Uh, you get Rip Torn and that's kind of it for the men in black. And it's like, perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I need. Rip Torn is, you know, he's the CIA director and that's fine. Well, you know, that's CIA, but like the men in black director and that's fine. He's funny. Yeah. Um, it's I do, good. I do stuff. like the, um, I do like the, you know, we've got the, the best of the best of the best. And... Again, throwaway comedy things, him dragging the like stuff like that. It's just so stupid and silly. Slobs, you know, it's it's... slobs versus snobs as well, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, like you've got these, and it's and that's always good, isn't it? It's always like, oh, look at all these stuck-up fucking white guys in their military uniforms, and here's Will yeah. Smith, who's cool because it's 1997, and we've all watched The Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Independence Day and Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What are you gonna bad do? Boys, we've all boys. seen all of that, right? And he's cool. And he shot the girl. He spends the whole time just looking around, going, "Yeah, nope, nope, nope." And then, and he's and he's shoot. Why is she, what's she reading? Quantum Which is a really for? funny, really stupid scene. Yeah, 
but it works but it works and that's what the tone is going for and that's why uh, this this yeah this movie's popping let's talk about uh probably another thing that's not quite popping and uh, i don't like to say it but linda fiorentino what are you doing in this movie like what it's hard to know how much of this was just really badly written like how much of this is can this guy write women and if you've seen the wild wild west probably not um and how much of it is like uh, linda florentino fiorentino fiorentino um, fiorentino mm-hmm. who didn't have like a massively astounding career apparently was a real piece of shit to work with i don't know how true that is but it's been reported well well i'm always i'm always slightly worried about that because it does it's, that's that does seem to me like the uh she was a woman who wasn't up for being abused by Harvey Weinstein type of thing. Like that seems yeah, to come yeah, up no, quite totally, a lot, totally. you know. Yeah, but yeah, it, certainly she's not. She doesn't return, does she? Does she? The only other thing I think I've seen yeah. her in is um, Dogma, which we also watched for the podcast. <laughs> Talking of Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Um, no. So, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. she's okay in some some scenes. I think some of the morgue scenes are really funny. I like how we meet her really early on in the movie, and then she gets neuralized. Um, that's kind of like a nice. Like, again, it could be reshoot, whatever, but it's just nice to have her. It's just nice to have her in the movie from the beginning. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked a bit at the end when Vincent D'Onofrio is under the bench and she's quite obviously uh, trying to get Will Smith to look under the, the thing. And the scene goes on forever and that's kind of to the benefit of it. And Will Smith, being a man, just does not understand at all yeah. what is happening. It's like oh oh yeah like it's 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 funny and again maybe in this scene again like there's a little bit of restraint from the director and the part of the reason it's such a family friendly movie is because it's really easy to make a fucking blowjob joke in this scene they kind (laughs) of do but don't really lean into it you know yeah yeah it's it's always it's always hinting isn't it it is i think i think we yeah i don't I think you might be right in terms of it be, her being underwritten, just because that's she's what got Hollywood nothing does. to do in this movie. Like she's there at the end for no reason, yeah. like literally no plot, no plot relevant reason why she has. And to she does present. shoot, <clears throat> she does shoot one of the things, which is like the classic, classic men writing women thing of put her down, you bitch. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna do, we're gonna give the character one thing to do at the end, one thing, and that's gonna justify her having absolutely no role whatsoever throughout the rest of the movie so maybe it's the right but I, I do think her performance is a little bit restrained i kind of wanted a bit more from her Some characterization like, would have been nice a bit more emotion and she's like i tell you what she needs i tell you what she needs you need to establish like early on that she's like a Mulder and scully like conspiracy theorist that she thinks oh, aliens excellent pull you establish that you have a scene with david cross the body comes in and she says and he says, what, is it aliens again, you dumb bitch, or God, something? And she's Dave. like, hey, listen, Roswell, 1950-whatever, like, you know, we have not been told the truth and maybe established that she's a bit, like, into it, you know? She's got a sense for and it. And then yeah. she's into it. Um, and then when she meets Will Smith the first time and it's like, oh, my God, I was right, I was totally right, and then she gets neuralized. And that's funny. Number one, it's hilarious, and it's like, back to work. And then when she comes back later on in the movie, you already have this character arc established. And you kind of, the movie kind of does that, but it doesn't make it silly enough. She's like, there's something wrong with this autopsy. I'm very proper. And then, boop, neuralized. And then she's out of the movie for 40 minutes or however long it is. 
Uh, and I just think you establish that, and then it's suddenly like Will Smith, who's a guy who's suddenly confronted with the fact that aliens exist, and she's like, yeah, of course they exist. I knew this the whole time. You know? Sl- well done. Absolutely well done. That is such a good, good pull, and I think that would make such an improvement to this character because it would give her an interest and a motivation. She wants to find out the truth. and what, what, Otherwise, what yeah. else is she doing here other than just being then, dragged along? To have along her be this... in the movie, you basically make the end of the movie be a thing where two people need to resolve it, which you kind of do, but Kay needs to get eaten by the bug at the end of the second act. Yeah. Or early in the third act. So that Will Smith and Linda Gortino can yeah. resolve the movie. And then Kay busts out and he shoots the thing they throw the gun into the bug and Kay shoots out of the bug and then it's like you miss me baby smokes a cigarette or whatever we're doing yeah but so, but then both of our other main leads have something to do and some agency because she has no agency in this movie whatsoever she no. literally gets damseled and kidnapped by the bug and that's her entire contribution to the movie and it feels like a studio note of hey why are there no women in this movie where were you in uh, 1997 as Ed, Ed Solomon is writing this, Dave, uh, because that is such a good fix for this character. And I think I'd really, I'd like to see that movie. I'd like to see her. It's the one. It also... We were talking about how this. I think this is a good movie, but not a great movie. And I think that's kind of the reason is that there's too much of her for it to be like a throwaway character, and not enough of it for her to be an actual character. It's a loose thread, isn't it? It's a loose thread. I think in in what I think we're identifying as being a really really tight. 98 minute movie that's just on every other you know all the other cylinders are, are firing it's just the one little bit that i think where we're not really getting kind of what exactly we want because at. ultimately you could replace this before you could just have david cross be the medical examiner and like nothing in this movie changes like not yeah. a single plot beat is is different yeah very good i very, think in the second good. one i can't remember who the female star is they did not invite um this woman, this woman back uh, in the second one, like the whole plot revolves around the female lead, and she's sort of like integral. She's the MacGuffin, and that makes it. And so they did learn a lesson. Not that that second movie is worth a damn, but they did learn a lesson in terms of like actually maybe let's integrate our female lead into the plot a little. Yeah, Lara Flynn Boyle, I think, is Johnny Knoxville's in it. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville is in it. He has several heads. Like a little head that's nasty. I don't know if I've ever seen this. You know, I must have done in 2002. It's, There's no way that I it's was trash that It's 88 minutes and it was they could only get it to like 79 or 79 or 81 minutes. Like they literally couldn't pad the movie out anymore. So they filmed the short with some of the worms. There's a short with the worms at the end of the movie to pad the oh, runtime. That's how much that. they phoned it in. That is amazing. Yeah. It is. It's eighty-eight minutes, and they with padding, and then there's Men in Black Three, which came out in two thousand twelve. Good lord! And then Men in Black International. That's the one with Thor and uh, um, the other character, the other superhero person. Yeah, she's been in all sorts. She was in Veronica Mars. I can't remember her name. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Chris Hemsworth. Yes, with Thor and Tessa Thompson. Yeah, and, and that's meant to be in, trash. Interestingly, they're all getting longer as well. 110 minutes for for two, for, for men about three, and 100. Audience, audiences want a two-hour movie. Audiences want a two-hour movie. I don't know what it is. Um, Before we get the, 
And yeah. it's cheaper to film, maybe. Like, it's just cheaper to make a 100-minute movie than maybe it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Or 27 years ago when this came out, or whatever horrifying fact you told me earlier. It's a 26 time. years. Time has passed. Before we get to the end of the movie and we can finish off, do you, do you remember watching the Men in Black TV series? No. Was it animated? Wow. It's animated. Four seasons, Saturday morning TV, 13 episodes, uh, 53 episodes in total. Boy, four seasons of 13 episodes. What are we doing? No. What is this, the Netflix series? Uh, we. This is a... I remember loving this. I remember absolutely loving this. And I'm just searching right now to see if it is on YouTube. And of course it is. Just fantastic. We can watch all of this on YouTube and I would heartily recommend it. It looks like the Batman kind of style. You know, oh, like the like, um, a Batman animated series. Yeah, that real kind of nice Warner Brothers an- animation. Um, Hand-drawn, so maybe. To explore. Probably shit, actually, in... <laughs> Because you know, that's I mean, how the past works. Is but. there is there a good cartoon adaptation of a live action thing? The real Ghostbusters one, not Was the fake good? Ghost. Oh, have you not? Like, there's two Ghostbusters cartoons. Before my time, out. I know, I know, I know about the Ghostbusters, Sam. I know about the Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters is like a monkey and four guys, and then the real Ghostbusters is the real Ghostbusters. I know about this. This is crazy shit. Absolutely batshit crazy. Like that they that they managed to get away with this. Uh but it's yeah, so I would say that's pretty good. I really like the real Ghostbusters one. There's an episode which has um and the Saints go marching. It's like in New it's in New Orleans or something. And we had it on VHS and we watched it about four hundred times and I can still remember it in my head. Like it's that implanted. Um I'm I'm not sure. We should maybe do this. It could be a fun series for us. I'm not sure there is a good, like an objectively good from an adult point of view cartoon derived from a popular film. Um, but I would be happy to be proved wrong. However, this is the Men in Black podcast. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the end of the movie. Let's talk about the end of the movie. Um, basically, the bog's rampaging. It's got its thing. We've 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 killed. We've the you know, the alien's got its face open. Is on Orion's but 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 like fucking just say the word dude and then um he's in what is it like the world's fair 1960 so something Will Smith world's fair and isn't it? Tommy Lee Jones and um the boss are at the men in black headquarters and they've got this countdown like oh we're going to be blown up no one seems particularly bothered and they're basically trying to find right we've destroyed this bug's ship so where's he going to go He's gonna to have to find another ship. So they're looking for un- like for registered ships that are outside of the Manhattan area. And Will Smith remembers because he was asking Kay earlier. He remembers that the World's Fair was created. So he's like, "Are they? Do they still work?" And they're like, "Oh shit, maybe they do." So that's then we're gonna go there. We get the big fucking guns, the really cool like um, tin foil covered uh, super soakers that um, the men. Oh, they're use. so cool! And the little mini one. And the, the cricket they make as well, yeah, like fantastic, aren't they? Well done. And we get the really cool driving scene as well uh, with Tommy Lee Jones, um, which drives driving on top of the tunnel, which is really funny. Again, like there's got a lot of levity here with Will Smith kind of rolling around the bottom of this car. I think it's a really, it's a really good stunt. Um, 
Like I imagine they spent quite a lot on that rig to make it to make it look pretty good, but it's just like Tommy like Jones weaving in and out, and Tommy Jones is singing with his falling around, his hair upside down. Like it is fucking great. I just love this movie. I love the fun of this movie. Um, we then get to see like beast beast form, you know, like a final form of uh, which the bug. is just well, okay interesting interesting so i think there there was original originally they were going to go for um a uh a, a, a real like words, a, suit. a suit no no an animatronic um alien basically and rick baker obviously like the big dude who you know is is in the process of losing his entire livelihood as 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 this movie and others uh come out is like yeah yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine and then i think it's literally like days before they were set, they were due to shoot this scene and it was kind of the movie was going to end in like basically a big conversation between the bug and will smith and say hey you better leave and he says no but all right and then goes and um <laughs> Uh, they basically just said no we need uh, Seinfeld wanted a big action scene and I think it's such a it's such a right choice because you kind of need to end the movie this this thing this this beast is so repellent he needs to die like there's no other way around it and so they within days basically phoned him up and said yeah we've changed the script and so all the things that we want it to do now your creature can't do because you know it's not it won't articulate in those ways and we get industrial light and magic. And we, we early referenced this, and I think it really is like this is one of those transition movies like Jurassic Park where they were like, okay, I think we can get a computer to do it, though, and it's going to look great. And there were lots obviously of... Obviously, they arg- didn't really know what they were doing. There's only one, I think, one big stunt where they interact, the bug interacts with Will Smith, that swats him away, yeah. pushes him away. And it's really clever because it's... It's an okay fight, and it's like entertaining enough. And you've got Will Smith like crushing cockroaches, and I think the CGI looks okay, largely because of how little it is interacting with the real environment around it. Because obviously, they just didn't have you don't have twenty five guys you can get into a room who know exactly what it's going to look like on the computer and exactly what to do and and how to stage it. Um, I think it holds up reasonably well because of how reserved it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think the fight is good. I mean, it does, you know, we certainly like have um the 1997ness of it all, which I which I think does it does struggle a little bit, doesn't it, you know, in terms of being able to like really sell it. But I think generally it works it works well and I think it's just it's a pretty well constructed um battle, you know, between the the creature and as we say it'd be good to have um uh, uh, you know a bit more from um, Fiorentino but I don't think that I don't think it detracts because of how fun and how well they do it with with Tommy Jones like him getting eaten you know and again they're all covered in slime eat me eat me and then he does and it's like even now I'm like what the fuck like what's gonna happen and then you see him inside and he's got this horrible gooey shit everywhere and it's horrible I did feel like, a little bit like, and it gets because I've seen it before, I think, and not in a long time. 
I did feel a lot like a lot of this fight was right. So when's Tommy Lee Jones gonna shoot this thing from the inside? Like when's yeah. that gonna happen? Like the second yeah. he gets eaten, and again maybe, but but you wouldn't be thinking that obviously when you first saw it. But it's it that does not hold up to repeated viewings because it feels like a lot of fluff basically to build up to the the eventual sliming um, of this this monster exploding and four hundred gallons of slime um, hitting Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. It's a great practical effect, isn't it? Of just it's like the way that they're both having to wipe it off their eyes, I think, is just like um, like in Ghostbusters, where with the with the marshmallow, it's kind of like a yeah. It really conveys the disgusting. You just having to wipe physically, like pull slime off your eyeballs. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a solid movie. We get to like again. We we sort well, of neuralize K at the end. Well, that um, that's that's like the we haven't really talked about it, isn't it? That's his arc, isn't it? Is that he? You and, mentioned at the fact, beginning about how it sort of goes from ends in the same way it begins. Yeah, and that it's that that you if you join the men in black, you have to give up your life. And we get the, I like the scene with uh, Will Smith on the little orb thing that burns his fingerprints off and. You will disappear. You will no longer exist. We hear from Rip Torn and all of this stuff. Like, it's all kind of leading to this point, isn't it? Is that Kay then gets to get his life back and he goes back to his to work his in wife. the post office, as we find out in the second one. Is that what he's doing? I don't know. God, it's depressing. Well, there's a. I think we get the. Do they re, do they re recruit him? Yeah, obviously. Obviously, the whole oh, second God. movie is like. The second movie is basically like, well, we can't do this without Tommy Lee Jones, which is absolutely true. <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think at the start of that movie is, because obviously Linda Florentino isn't invited back, so she's neuralized off like, screen. What happened to that, between... that other woman? Who? I think there's a line, I think there's a line where Rip Torn is basically like, oh, you've neuralized all the last six of your partners, because apparently that's something you can do when you're the senior partner. In the beginning of Men in Black 2, it's Will Smith and Patrick Warburton. Um, you Google what I'm talking. You, you recognise. I know who he is. Him. Yeah, he was in the uh, Family Guy. Yeah, Family Guy. Pretty sure Patrick Warburton was the voice of uh, uh, the guy in Family Guy. Anyway, <laughs> he played... anyway, Patrick Warburton's the other guy, and like. And at the beginning of the movie, they have a bit of a wobble and then Will Smith neuralizes him because he's not like up to the job. And we're told that he neuralized Linda Florentino as well. And it's kind of like, that's fine, but it's not like we've got to get Kay back into the picture because I think that's the takeaway from this movie is that that's the relationship which works, is that rapport. Um, but, I mean, this isn't about the second movie, but it, it kind of is the floor of it. And it kind of comes out of nowhere in this movie rather than we're going to go on and have lots of adventures because obviously they had no idea this would be popular enough to make a sequel. Uh, they want yeah. to sort of hang a bow on it and have Will Smith after like 12 may- hours on the job. He's mm-hmm. like, you're you're the boss now, boss. Yeah, it made it made 500 million often. Off a ninety million five sorry sorry five hundred eighty nine million off a ninety million budget and just saying wow that's that's good money isn't it that's oh, it's good. good money unfortunately it was really popular because it was fun and light yeah. and silly and and slightly overshadowed by another movie that came out in nineteen ninety seven that's right Jurassic Park Lost World uh, which oh, which was second oh, place Men in Black three oh. obviously Titanic is Lost World the second one or the third one. 
second one it's crap Ooh, third one ah uh, third one all right actually all right so i just think i think we you go. need to shut your mouth no no we've not, we watched it great. relatively not recently great. We, we did all of them and i think it's of it's not too bad you're tired anyway, from driving sam you don't understand it's not great i'm tired from driving we i think have got to the end of this movie i just think this is a an absolute classic i think it's classic 90s i think it's classic will smith it's classic action sci-fi it's disgusting it's it's kind of brutal and it's funny and i just there is so much to enjoy in this movie and it's one of the ones that i'll just come back to i could watch it five times in a row probably and just be like yep great this is fantastic sign me up and uh you know in fact nebulize me or nebulize not nebulize is it not that's something else you know neutralize neuralize neuralize like neuromancer right neuralize me so we can we can just enjoy this movie all over again. That's my yeah, take. Uh, I don't necessarily like. I'm not going to tell you this is a shit movie. It's really not. I think this is really good. I just think that I, that there are problems with it. It's not a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, you're playing the outro music over my wrap up. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. I thought we were wrapping up. It's fine. Anyway, Dave, we all know what you think. I can pause it if you want. Do you want me to pause it? <laughs> you're gonna aggressively get us out of this podcast so that i don't disagree with you no right carry on i'll, I'll start I, again. I just think that like i maybe <laughs> we all have our different movies which are like close to our hearts and mine are certainly more stupid than this movie um <laughs> i defended wild wild west in the early part of this episode so obviously Crazy i don't shit. know what i'm talking about i mean there's not enough team um love angst in this and i think that's probably what's missing for you you know maybe we need uh, an actual romantic plot line in this movie would have been something or an actor that's was in the breakfast club that other seems that you know that seems to be another way of yeah that would have um, ticked the box that would have ticked yeah. the box you know yeah get emilio estevez in this he's not a good actor but get emilio estevez in this i let's let, yeah let's get him in there so we can shoot his fucking head off ooh, like ooh. last thing sam People who you think are aliens, right, go. Top five. Five people. Five world people you think are aliens. As of this year. Um, top five. That's a lot of pressure uh, to think of anyone. Literally a single person that I could I could mention. Um, uh, Stallone. I think Stallone. Stallone, which is yep. A, Stallone could be an alien. Yep. Is and that, his, is, his machine body is breaking down. Is that not... Is he not an alien in this film as well? Is that the... So the joke, I can't remember. I think there is a joke in this. The one I was thinking of was the Dennis Rodman thing, which, again, watch a video <laughs> of Dennis Rodman now, still an alien, um, just like in 1997, except he's yeah. not playing basketball anymore. Yeah. He's in North Korea? Is that what is he? Doing? I think Dennis Rodman's... Could that he... possibly be right? No. Dennis Rodman, North Korea. I'm pretty sure he's... Isn't that what he's doing? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. He's a friends with Kim Jong Un. So what? Google that. Google that. <sighs> That's going to be my bedtime reading. Uh, I was going to say Donald Trump. Donald Trump seems like really high on the list of people who are aliens. I think that would be a little bit too obvious for an alien. I think the aliens would be like <laughs> they they they're going to find us out. You know, like Kang and Kudos. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably where we're at, but. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to aggressively start sounding you out now, Dave, with the impending intro music. Um, but maybe we could spam this joke a bit more, you know? Like... Hey, welcome to the Imaginary Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about men in black because it's a great... Hey, welcome to the Imaginary Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about men in black, our favourite movie. Hi, my name's Sam. Welcome to the Imaginary Movie Podcast. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons rate joke. It's funny until it's not. And then, hey, my name's Sam, and welcome to the Imaginary <laughs> Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about men in black. And it's funny again. Nice. Comedy. 